Craig has been responsible for training some of the biggest voices in music history. Alicia Keys, Katy Perry, Mark Anthony, and that's just to name a few. All right. We are blessed with the appearance of Craig Derry right now. Um, Again, alchemy is the uh, the science of taking anything and turning it into gold. And I created this podcast, like I was telling you, to, um, to inspire young creatives and inspire young entrepreneurs to never, ever give up on their dreams. Um, also, because I feel like conversation in itself is like a dying art. And very rarely, you know, I have my my technological device in front of me. You got yours in front of you. But sitting down and having a conversation and 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 just connecting on a, on a basic level is is a dying art and I want to bring that back. Um before we get into it for those of you who don't know uh Craig Derry is a vocal coach and and so much more. Um he's coached artists like Alicia Keys, Mary J Blige, Anthony Hamilton, Mark Anthony, Katy Perry. I'm going to go as fast as I can cuz this this resume is massive. Um Craig is also a vocalist himself and a performance-tested singer who has worked all over the United States and, and the world for more than 40 years. In addition to training at his daily New York City vocal aerobics workshop, his techniques are often recruited by many well-known and successful producers such as Grammy Award winners Salam Remy, Rodney Jerkins, Teddy Riley, producer of early Lady Gaga material, Wyclef Jean, Sean P. Diddy Combs. Craig's work as a vocalist, vocal producer, and trainer spans across every genre, including and not limited to the vastly successful hip-hop phenomenon, the Sugar Hill Gang. That's what's up. To current-day phenomena like K-pop's Wonder Girls, also affiliated with reggae, reggaeton, salsa, dubstep, club, and house music, as well as worldwide. God damn. And I'm not going to stop there because he also has sung background for musical icons such as Mick Jagger and Michael Jackson. His illustrious career includes working in various background ensembles with many other artists. But for now, I'm going to stop there. How you feeling today, man? With my heart sunk because my hands can't hold it all. All right. All right. <laughs> so that's quite the resume, man. Q, the first thing that came to mind out of all those amazing artists was one of my favorite, Michael Jackson. What was it like singing background for Michael? Well, I, that that wasn't my first encounter with Michael. I, as a as a member of the Moments, Ray Goodman and Brown, um, Love on a Two Way Street, fame. We worked shows with the with the Jacksons, mm. and that was my first experience of really seeing Michael and his energy. I was the young guy in the group at the at the time, so I wanted uh, Al and um, Harry to sit down and just watch Michael. Mm. So they could kind of catch the, the new vibe, and uh, he he was so exhausting that Al had to get up. <laughs> I was like, I can't watch this. I said, You better watch this, man. We got to go on before them. So we have to have this type of level of intensity, you know, to yeah. to step up to the Jacksons. And they were little kids. That's what's up, man. Do you, do you, do you have like a a favorite genre of music right now? Well, in, in the words of my dad, there's only two kinds of music: the kind you like. And the kind you don't. So here's where it gets into my instruction and mm -hmm. what I what I what I train. Uh, you have to be able to use your talent and f for a living. So when you do that, you're you're actually a servant for mm -hmm. people who you're asking to taste your audio meal and remember it. Mm -hmm. And then when they want to revisit, 
they have option to ask for you. And that's really the honesty and the integrity of having a creator uh, uh, product that people request. And that keeps you in business. And there's no two ways about it. It's sometimes it's heartbreaking, uh, heartbreakingly honest. And another time you're really glad that somebody could love what you do. And so to answer your question, I, I like good music. It doesn't matter. I've played all music from classical music to country and western. So um, I'm just I'm really happy about our um, elevation. When I say our, I mean the people in this hemisphere and at this time who came here as indentured servants, slaves, mm. and now, as the scriptures say, the first have become last, and the last have become first. Mm. Or as when when Christ was born, they, and they told him where he was from, they thought he was going to be from downtown. Jerusalem. They thought he was going to be from, you know, Manhattan. As it turns out, he was located in Brooklyn somewhere, outskirts of home. And they said, what good thing, what good thing could come from where the hell he's from? So I, you know, in a sense of pride and happiness, it's, I'm glad to see how uh, the music of the people who are last on, especially the economic uh, podium, the economic totem pole, have become the first. And so I enjoy teaching that to everybody because in our workshop, we have everyone, Jew, Gentile, Asian, uh, African, European, South American, Spanish, French, Haitian. I mean, everybody. And it's like what my dad said, if you if you study and, and you keep the little kid alive in you that I see when you sing mm -hmm. and you don't lose that. You're going to be relevant no matter what age. And that that's the that's the dope thing about um, incredible art, right? It doesn't matter what uh, ethnicity you are. If it's, if it's incredible, like you said, if it's good music, it's good music, I mean, right? Good music makes the heart smile. Absolutely. And so you don't even have to know the language. You, you just hear it. Music has a vibe. You know, we like to say that at the Tower of Babel, all the languages were scrambled, but... The father left one language that everybody could relate to, and it was music. I don't even have nothing to add to that. <laughs> there it is. Um, so you've been singing for how how many years have you been singing? Well, I came out of high school in '66, and '60. I noticed at '66 I was 18. I noticed 17, 18. As growing up in hip hop, when uh, it was really doo wop. And you could hear in the streets uh, people going, uh, real late at night in the train, you know. Mm -hmm. And when we heard that as little kids, uh, everybody had a group. The Italians had a group. The Irish had a group. Mm -hmm. You know, we were all singing under the street lights. And, and uh, I, I just haven't been able to, to escape that from the time I was... 12, 14, 15, 66, I was 18, you know, it's 60, 69, so it's been at least 40, you know, shit, 40 they years. Say, they say it takes 10,000 hours, which is an average of 10 years, 10 quality years of putting and beating in on your craft. That's like, you got like probably 500,000 hours, man, 50,000, I'd say. Yeah, and... And you know what? Because we like it, because I like like music and the training of it. I like the interaction between uh, people, teacher to student, 
students we teach you. You know, it works both ways. I always tell people in my workshop that there's 15, 20, 30 of you. So I have the advantage of learning 30 times more than you do. Mm. You've just, you, you're dealing with one person and don't think I'm not listening to you because when you come back with that yik yak, <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> make sure you understood. Yes. So it's fun. I, I think teaching is a talent. What's been the most difficult part of your journey? As far as um whether whether it's uh just you know some days are more difficult than others um longevity sustaining whatever that is what's been the most challenging or difficult part of your journey? Well, for me, coming to the planet with, with talent, having parents pointing that out, allowing me to research it, providing a way for me to do it, uh, was a blessing. Mm -hmm. So what's difficult is showing kids today. Who, who the root of their talent is often often uh, uh, given to devices, mm. and unless they have a certain amount of interaction with a robot and with electrical components, then mm. they don't feel confident enough to be even passionate and enthused enough to go in and bring out what God gave you uh, mm. in a in a real way. So that. That's the only difficulty is to seeing kids 20-something, 17, walk around like this. So-called after civil rights and all these other stuff, all these impediments have been removed. And yet still inside, you know, these kids are still like, they're, they're really down. So it's a lot of times you have to, what's difficult is waking them up. Mm. And so I'm so glad I don't, I don't teach in the Board of Education because I wouldn't be allowed to express my passion. Hmm. So if a little kid, you know, and young young kid, young guys will say this, man, fuck you, man. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you yeah. know what's going on. You know how I got here. Yeah. Fuck you, little dumb motherfucker. You got Malcolm and Martin rolling over in their grave right now. Yeah. They gave everything and 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 priceless everything. Females, all of our people, your own parents. It's a war against you remaining enthusiastic enough to go inside of you and 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 bring out of you what can take care of not only you but whatever you uh create here on the planet so you got a responsibility yourself well said man i mean my father was a teacher and both my parents are from the caribbean so the way that they would um discipline that passion would be with the belt so i got so my welts so I got a, a a little a little Caribbean disciplinary in my head whenever I gotta stay disciplined and, and just show up. You know what I mean? That's I think right. we we all gotta have that. We all gotta have that, man. Um, what are what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see young artists make? To depend thoroughly on the system. Hmm. So it was different when I came up. I was fortunate enough. We did a show uh, in college. My brother and. A three or four guys that we were with. We were athletes, and at the time, they wouldn't really play. If you've seen the movie, remember the Titans? Yeah. And I hate to reference movies to validate real life, but sometimes a movie is good enough to do that. I think it was Denzel Washington. And the reason why it resonated with me is because it speaks about the time where I was actually trying to get to college by being an athlete, successfully done. But we played, for the first time, you played white schools, or you played Catholic schools. Mm. And... All the time we were in high school, I think we only lost one game. And so, you know, we had swag and, and, and the ability to athletically overcome, again, insurmountable odds. But when we went to college, 
the at that level where it was really mercantilist and marketable money, mm-hmm. coaches said to us, you know, we understand who you are, but we're not playing you. And they would play these big clod hopping ass farmer white boys who could move, could do nothing with us. Mm. Uh, the beginning of what you see now was starting then where you just would fly over somebody and slam at him and point in their face. And having to see that I couldn't do that, uh, which is some, another performing art that we love, was a problem. Mm. So we began to sing. And we, four or five of us sang, got a group, brother came out, and we really became to sing for a living and got really good. One of the guys in the group, that brother, half brother, was the personal manager for Isaac Hayes. Long story short, uh, we were in Minneapolis where we, we got a chance to watch a young prince, too, at 12, 13, 14, who was imitating us and the people around. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis, the, Minis- the Midwest is a great source of music because we come right up from the South, from Mississippi, which is the, uh, I guess, the fallopian tubes of the of the modern art form music, mm. which was born and birthed to the South and up to Minnesota. And we performed for uh, Isaac Hayes and got a contract. He came, when we came off the stage, he was sitting in the room with contracts. He said, who did that music? Hmm. So that was my musical really beginning in the, in the professional ranks, so-called, knowing that I, we were worthy enough and good enough to do it where another professional guy said, hey, you guys can do this, man. Something that I noticed. um, When I asked you about one of your most difficult parts, you never said anything about your journey in music. And I can tell it's because you love music so much, man. Yeah, it's a talent. It doesn't, I, I'm, I'm, I could tell from the lack thereof of talking about any type of hardship with, well, label this or getting into this door, or getting into that door. I could tell that you love music so deeply in your heart that that's not even a thing. No. You you have so much love for music in your heart. And, 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 and other than the fact that you teach, you have so much love for music in your heart that those things are not even obstacles to you. No, well, <clears throat> music was a vehicle more than an yeah. obstacle. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So what I, and again, what we learn outside the wall, you know, there's a, there's a symbolic wall being built now. When we were coming up, the wall didn't have any substance, but it had uh, an insurmountable philosophy that they bombarded with you. I, I remember hearing Walt Disney say he, don't, he didn't like the colors right on TV. To this day, I ain't been to Disneyland. Um, I've heard Nixon and him say, I mean, you, Donald Trump is just a little boy compared to uh, Nixon and some of these other presidents that were just verbosely ridiculous. And, and in order for our parents to make sure we weren't polluted and contaminated by that, we, yeah. got, we got just decently. I remember my grandmother coming, <clears throat> seeing me come in the house one day, and I'm, I'm kind of pissed. I don't remember what really happened, but I, I think I'm eight maybe nine years old, and I'm, I'm kind of frowning. And she goes, Craig, what's wrong with you? And she didn't even wait for the answer. She said, now listen, I don't want you hating on nobody. No hating. Mm. I said, well, they hate us. Mm. She said, yes, but that's a disease. And you can't cure the disease by wiping the disease all over your face. So it made sense to me. I said, okay, Nana. That was under that problem. She had the answer. It did not uh, stop 
possibility of that continuing. But my reaction to that never happened again. So I didn't look at the difficulties. I looked at an opportunity how to overcome that. Mm. But something that originated in me. I didn't have to go to the library. I didn't have to go to church. You know, good good parenting. The, like your mother and your father tapped you because they know if they don't tap you in there, then you're going to get tapped with a jail sentence out there or get mm. worse. Yeah. So they just followed and did what they were supposed to do. That's, you know, my take on difficulty. Not that things haven't been really terribly difficult, but when you when you learn like that, you, I don't, I don't worry about anybody defeating me. Yeah. Unless I am defeated, and I haven't been defeated. Setbacks, no defeats. I'll tell you what, man. I I, I learned something truly deep in this podcast right now. Not through something that you said, but something that you didn't say. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. I hear and it is 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 you truly putting the focus on what you love and what's important to you. And all that other shit isn't even worth mentioning or being conscious of. Because it's not going to disappear. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You, you just have to remain ready. And if you, if you remain ready without the contamination of the thing that you've got to fight, mm -hmm. then sooner or later it's not, not going to... One thing it's never going to do is contaminate you. And you can get by it. You might even heal a few of those bimbos, some dummies. Yeah. Which is ultimate. Yep. So when we, sang, when we sang in school, and it was a good time, to, to be young as it is this time. But that time it was a good time to be young because the cultures began to mix. Even in America at the time it was very provincial. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't internet. There were the, even uh, the, the markets, the radio markets, you had several different markets. You had the South, you had the South East, you had the Middle South, you had the, the Southwest, you had the West Coast, you had all these different markets and regions that people didn't really know each other. Mm -hmm. It was very provincial. And so, um, at that time, when you released a record or a song, you had to go work the song on these different markets. So what was better about that than it is today, uh, when you put a song out, when somebody put a song out, no matter what the label, and most labels were for labels, they're not for the artists. Um, when you put a song out, you have to go work it. When you, As you go work it, you're being paid for performances. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to return today. Uh, I I tell kids this is great. I wish we'd have had access to a hundred thousand followers, where we could actually see that. Oh, in Tennessee, I got fifteen hundred people. So if I got fifteen hundred people in Memphis, then I can market, go to Memphis, do a, maybe a four hundred seat arena, uh, theater, charge twenty dollars, do the math, and then I can do that two days later. I can go to Louisville. These, this is what we're training kids now to do because mm -hmm. it, it's it's a greater source of income. Who cares about the stardom or whatever it is? It's it's income. It's occupation. Yeah. And then you will work yourself into the mindset of of being uh, famous or whatever you want to do. But as you go from region to regions, you know what Sam Kick and J Sam Cook and James Brown and and Eddie James and uh, Ronettes and you know I'm sorry if I'm missing out anybody. Gladys and. Diana Ross is probably the, the most highest-selling artist ever, even today. Hmm. Uh, they worked their record and got paid as you worked the song. I mean, we, sometimes you didn't know what the next hit was. You knew what the next hit was when you did Seven Towns and they, all Seven Towns liked the same song. Yeah, and it was what nobody picked in the in the meeting in the office. Hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, so that's really what my focus now is to try to 
bring back. And I'm, that's what I'm telling kids. You know, they come in, man, I got 100,000 followers and they still like this. I said, what does that mean? So, <laughs> I, I mean, that means nothing. You're, yeah. No, find out where. What are you doing with that? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. find out where. Oh, we got 10,000 in Washington. Go, go to Washington and book a 5,000 and charge $20. Right, right. And promote. So, he, they say to me, you think that this is better than your time? It's much better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's much better. All those divisions have come down. You can do business anywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's going to be it for today, Craig. But I want to thank you so much for coming in. Um, I was going to ask you what's next, but I know you're teaching a workshop here. Um, for everybody that is out there looking for a vocal coach or, or simply wants to take a voice class for fun or you just want to sharpen your craft as far as the voice goes, how can we keep up with you? Well, we have... Um... We're, we're online, you know, we, we, Craig Derry, my dad would say it's, a good name is as good or better than a lot of money. So I've lived long enough now to, for the body of work to speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not necessarily, although you get the most attention for who you work with, but it's that you're still working. And so what we're providing is what, what I like to do is we call it uh, DYT, uh, doing your talent for a living. So if you can DYT it, then, you know, we can help you. Uh, I'm all for it. It's, it's great. That's what we do. Craig, Craig Derry. Um, uh, my wife works most of my uh, my internet stuff. So if you just, if you Google Craig Derry, you'll see. A lot of times I have to say <laughs> to kids, you know, they'll look at you and say, hey, Pops. Say, yeah, Pops, Google me. <laughs> So, you know, you can find out all, all about what we do. We, I'm still fortunate enough to be training people to do what God has given them as a talent for a living. Absolutely. And that's that keeps a smile on my face and encourages me. And it's rough. Sometimes you I mean, when you work for yourself, you know. You, you know. I, <laughs> There's I, no, you, you, can't, know. you can't blame Chrysler or Ford. You can't, can't blame nobody. Can't blame nobody. The buck stops. It's all on you, man. <laughs> yeah, the fuck stops here. <laughs> <laughs> As the kids would say. No fucking excuses. <laughs> That's right. Man. Ever. You do that shit, you find a way. If you want to do it, you get it done, man. That's right. And, That's and, right. And for the people who who are not watching this, the video, it is C-R-A-I-G-D-E-R-R-Y. Google it. All right. Thank (laughs) you, man. man. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you.